and First Lady for allowing me to come here and to share the Word of God with you. And it's so great to see so many people out this morning. Isn't it beautiful outside? I'm telling y'all, I prophesied to the four winds. I said, Lord Jesus, let it be nice because I don't do winter time. Amen. If God has you in a place, you'd better prophesy to the seasons in that place. Amen. So like Bishop said, the Lord did it, y'all. God is good. Amen. I had to bring out my own copy. Praise the Lord. And I just remember in 2017, the first time that I spoke at PT, I said that God had put a book in me to write, and now it's here. There's nothing that our God cannot do. Amen. If we just believe, he will help us. Amen. So this morning, if we can put up the Oh, so there's books available downstairs. Soft covers will be $20. Hard covers are $25, and there's a student discount. So if you're a student, there's a student discount, but I'm not going to tell you. You got to go downstairs to get your discount. Amen? Amen. And for those who like ebooks, you can go online and purchase the book at my website, www.lorenevoltaire.com. Your girl got a website. Bless the Lord. Amen. Praise Jesus. Walking in it. Amen. 2020 vision. That was for Sarah because she hates that. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. <laughs> I didn't even know you were walking. Next slide, please. Thank you. The title of my sermon this morning is It's Time to Push. Tell your neighbor, it's time to push. Get ready to give birth to your miracle. Y'all ready to push this thing out of you? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we're going to read Luke chapter 1. 
verse 1 to 45. Now, I know it's long, but bear with me because the word of God has power. Amen? Praise the Lord. So I'm going to ask Sister Ashley if she can come forth and read the first three slides. Reading, in the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth, and they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments of the statutes of the Lord, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years." Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. To make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place. How many of you know that God sometimes is going to silence our mouth so that we don't speak doubt to the miracle that is inside of us before we give birth to it? Amen. Because some of us, the enemy just has us complaining and complaining and just speaking negativity to the things that God is going to do in our lives. And the Lord's like, you know what? I'm just going to surprise you. So I'm going to keep you silent so I can get this thing out of you. Amen? Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. And for five months, she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me, to take away my reproach among people. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at, this saying, at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. 
And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born. The child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who has who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In those days. Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And, and when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Amen. Let's put our hands together for Ashley. Praise the Lord. Amen. The word of God has power. So I'm just going to pray. Can you pray with me? Father, we just thank you for this word, Lord God, that's going forth, God. We thank you, Lord Jesus. May I decrease and may you increase, Lord for your people. We thank you. This is an honor and a privilege to be here. And we thank you that we serve a God that speaks. And before we even pray, you listen. And so we thank you and we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So each and every one of us has a vision, a dream, a prophetic word, or a miracle that God has placed inside of us. And for some of us, we've been waiting for days, for weeks, and for months or years for this thing to happen. But no longer, no matter how long you've been waiting for Trust that God is going to help you birth this miracle. Amen? The Bible says that God is the one who has given you power to birth this miracle. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19, the Bible says, And we will know the immeasurable greatness and power and grace that God has given us for those who believe. Let me read it one more time. We will know the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. Faith is what's going to birth the miracle. We're going to see the miracles of God in our lives through our faith. Amen? And when God speaks, his word does not turn back void. Even during creation, when God said light, what happened? Light came about. When he prophesied to the earth and he started creating the creatures, it came to life. And everything came alive because when God speaks, something happens. Just because it doesn't feel like things are happening, something is happening in your life. Amen? And God does not speak in vain. And maybe one of the reasons why we're not seeing our miracles is because we're not calling it by name. Because when someone calls you by name and they say, Lorene, what's my initial reaction? I'm going to look to see who's calling me, right? 
And then my natural response is I'm going to walk over to the person that's calling me, right? So maybe the reason why some of us are not seeing the miracles of God in our lives is because we're not naming them. We're not saying financial breakthrough come to me. Marriage come to me. Healing come to me. Deliverance come to me. And we're being silenced by anxiety and depression and by the pressures of life. But I'm here to encourage you this morning that God is here to resurrect your faith, like Sister Beatrice said. And it's time for us to speak forth those things that are not as if they are. Amen? Do you know that we're only here through existence because God spoke all of this? And he believed all of this? That's the reason why God had us sing, you are alpha and omega. He is the beginning and the end. We don't know the in-between. That's up to him. As long he, as he knows, he's going to get us there. We just have to have faith that he's going to get us there. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. It is our belief that produces the miracle. Our belief and faith in the prophetic words that God has spoken over us is the spiritual birthing ground for the miracle. And if we don't believe, miracles won't take place. When we read in Mark chapter 6, when Jesus went back to his hometown of Nazareth, he was only able to do a little bit of miracles. Why? Because their faith, they lacked faith. And that's what the enemy, we're going we to punch the devil in his face this morning, okay? Amen? Amen. And that's why the enemy comes towards you to torment you because he's trying to steal and rob your faith in God. Oh, you can't see Jesus. He's not here. No, he is here because he lives in me, devil. Amen? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all get me all excited. Praise the Lord. Let me slow down. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God, but you must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That means we have to constantly seek God's face. How many of y'all ever prayed even though you didn't want to? Diligently seek him. Even when things are hard, we continue to seek him. Because in his presence is where we're going to get answers. I always heard this, that prayer is not for God. It is for us. And prayer makes us better. Amen? So we just read a story about two miraculous births that were presented in Luke chapter 1. The first birth was the birth of John the Baptist to a barren woman, an overage man. And the second birth was the birth of Jesus to a virgin Mary and her fiancé or husband Joseph. Two completely different miracles, but both miracles depended on one another. And there's a specific birth order to this because John had to come before Jesus in order to prepare the way. John prepares, Jesus fulfills. Amen? And in Luke chapter 1, verse 43 to 44, the baby leaped in Elizabeth's belly when Mary walked into the room. And Elizabeth was glad to see that Mary was pregnant as well. Elizabeth wasn't petty just because... Mary was pregnant too. She wasn't like, oh, well, you know, I'm, of, I'm old. This girl's young. Why she got to be pregnant when I'm pregnant? That's how some of us are. And she was like, no, I'm glad that God is blessing you as he's blessing me. Amen? And what this teaches me is that we should never despise what God is doing in someone else's life. Because that miracle that he has given them could be connected to your miracle. Amen? For example, God is saying that some of us are supposed to be business partners or do ministry with certain people, but the devil comes and tries to plant negative thoughts in our mind toward those people when God's like, no, 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 no. 
You're supposed to be connected with these people to advance the kingdom of God. Amen? And some of y'all probably thinking, well, why do I got to depend on somebody for my blessing? If you look at your life, God has always used a person to bless you. That's how God works. He's a God of unity. And when we look through the Old Testament, the Lord used the chief cupbearer for Joseph to tell Pharaoh, I know of a person that can interpret dreams. And he's in prison right now. And then it got him out of prison into the palace. The Lord used Moses to get the people of Israel out of Egypt and from captivity. The Lord used Joshua to get the people into the promised land. And the Lord used Mordecai to motivate Esther that she has to step in for such a time as this to get the people so that they wouldn't die. God uses people to bless his people. Amen. Do you receive it? Praise the Lord. And God assigns midwives to our lives to help us give birth to this miracle and this idea and to this vision and this dream. So stop trying to resist who God chooses to bring in your life and who he wants to use. Because we're despising the blessing that God has put in our lives. And it's not our decision. It's God's decision. Because some of us, we got attitude problems. Holla at your girl, okay? Stubborn as heck. And some people, they don't want to be around that. But the midwives that God has assigned to you, no matter how many times you push them away, they know that God has given them the grace to help you birth this miracle. And they're not leaving your life. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. So tell your neighbor, the one with the attitude, say, stop pushing away the people God puts in your life. Wow, y'all told multiple people. You didn't even tell one person. You were like, you got an attitude and you got an attitude. Throwing shade in the church. Praise the Lord. No, sorry, Jesus. Not praise the Lord for shade, but praise the Lord for laughter. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And God has also placed them in our lives so that they can help us to stay in the game and to remain in this race of faith until our miracle comes to full term. And the reason why I say full term is because some of us will settle for premature miracles to happen in our lives. A premature miracle looks like this, applying for a job that God did not authorize. And then we're saying, well, you know, I can't work. I work on Sundays now. I can't really attend church because they're paying me time and a half. Premature miracle. A premature miracle looks like this. I'm entertaining a romantic relationship that God did not authorize. And this person is making me, you know, compromise my purity but that's what a premature miracle looks like. But God's like, no, 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 there's no compromise in this. There's no compromise in the things that I'm going to give you. These things are going to propel you into your destiny and make you look good and allow you to walk in my righteousness. Amen? So we need people who are going to tell us the truth and nothing but the truth. So help us God. Amen? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So let's play a guessing game. I love games. If you guys came out, this is um, an advertisement for Bible study. So next year, we have Bible study on Tuesday. Say Tuesday. From 7 to 8.30 at 77 Columbia Street. And this past Tuesday, we played a game, a review of the book of Mark. So we're going to play like a mini game right now. Okay, you all ready? All right. So guess who this prophecy is about. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. All right then. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. 
She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. In Isaiah 9, verse 6 to 7, For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it, to uphold it. Who's that about? Who is it in English? Jesus. Praise the Lord. I love you, Obed. All right. Amen. And that's the same thing that Gabriel said about Jesus in Luke chapter 1, verse 1 to 31 to 33. That's why it's good to read the word overall because you see that God is consistent. The same God in the Old Testament is consistent in the New Testament. Amen. He does not change. All right. Guess who this prophecy is about? In Malachi chapter 4, verse 5 to 6, Behold, I will send Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of the father to their children and the hearts of the children to their father. Who is Malachi speaking about? Good job, y'all. Y'all passed the test. Give your hand. Give yourself a hand. A plus for everybody. So why am I stating these three prophecies? Well, for context's sake, and also because we have to understand that before John and Jesus came on the scene, their lives were prophesied about hundreds of years ago. And even before Isaiah knew about Jesus, his life was prophesied about in Genesis chapter 3, when it says that you, you're, when God told Eve that your seed would crush the devil's head. Amen? So it's important to tell your neighbor right now, tell your neighbor that the prophecy over your life will take time. Now, I know some of y'all did not receive that because we don't want to wait. But it will take time. Amen? So how many of you received a prophetic word this year? How many of you received a prophetic word over your life and you felt like you've been waiting about 100 years for it to come to pass? Well, there were more hands there. Praise the Lord. Like, I'm just going to give this example. Someone came up to you in 2008 and they said, God said that you're going to get married and you're going to, this is just an example, get a new job, and you're going to start that business, and you get all excited, right, when you get this prophetic word that God is just going to take you to the nations, right? And then in 2010, two years later, you don't see anything happen. And you're just like, okay, Jesus, you know, I still, you, amen, I, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Lord. It's only been two years. I trust you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. And then now we're in 2019. And that same word, you've seen, you know, you've seen some confirmations, you know what I mean? Maybe you got the new job and everything. But you're a little frustrated because it doesn't seem like anything has happened. Can we be real this morning? I'm not preaching to you. I'm talking with you because I'm in the same boat. This word is for me as much as it's for you, amen? And you're saying, Lord, I don't want to hear another word before 2020 comes until I see a physical manifestation of the word that you spoke in 2018. Amen? And then we're in a service like this, and Sister Spaghetti Sauce comes up to you. Now, Sister Applesauce is on vacation because Bishop's not preaching right now. So Sister Spaghetti Sauce, she comes up to you, and you know she's feeling the anointing. And she's looking at you, speaking in tongues. Right? She's speaking in tongues. You're like, God, if she even thinks about coming up to me and trying to speak another prophetic word, I'm going to give her a side eye, Jesus. And then, of course, what happens? She gives you the same word. And you're like, Lord, here we go again. And sometimes we get tired of hearing the same word over and over and over and over and over again. But I believe that God speaks the word to us to encourage us in the waiting process. Because each stage of waiting 
there is something we're supposed to be focusing on. And sometimes we just miss it because we're not spending time in his presence. Like, okay, God, you said you're going to give me this, but what steps do I need to prepare to take before you give me that? We're going to get into that for this demonstration of these lovely chairs that are in the front. But I just wanted to give us that little sneak peek. And that God did not give us the prophetic word to overwhelm us. And the reason why he gave us this word is because he loves us and he wants to bless us. And what happens is that this prophetic word and these blessings and these miracles that God speaks over our lives become idols. And we're waiting for it. And we get frustrated. And we're like, God, you're not moving. And God is like, I didn't tell you something so that you would focus on the blessing to bless you. I want you to turn your eyes from the blessing to the blesser. Amen. And it's hard for us because we live in a society where it's about get your blessing right now. If you can get yours, get yours. Microwave blessings. But I want you to know that God has not forgotten you and that he's here this morning. Amen. So those who are getting who are going to help with the demonstration, if you could just get prepared back there, please. Praise the Lord. Oh, it's about to get real exciting in here. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And so as I was preparing this message, the Lord brought to my attention three reasons why he continues to share the same prophetic words to us. And the first reason is, is because he's trying to prepare us for the appointed time. You can show the next slide, please. Gabriel said in Luke chapter 1, verse 20, my words will come true at the appointed time. There's a time for this miracle. Amen. In Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1, the Bible says to everything, there is a season, a time for every purpose and matter and activity under the sun. In Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3, the Bible says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. And though it tarries, wait for it. Tell your neighbor, wait for it. Because it will surely come and it will not tarry. And the NLT version says, this vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently. Say, wait patiently. For it will surely take place and it will not delay. Amen. So I said, God, I said, I don't understand. You said, though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come and it will not tarry. So I said, Lord, is it going to tarry or is it not going to tarry? Where, 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 where do you want me to be in all this? And so when I looked up the Hebrew meaning, we're just going to go for the word speak. The word speaks, let's just break this down a little bit, right? While they get prepared, let's give them some time. So the word speak means puak, which also means to breathe. So let's put the word breathe in Habakkuk 2 verse 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will breathe and it will not lie. That means at the appointed time it's going to come alive. It may seem like it's dead right now, but at the appointed time, it's going to come alive. Amen. And also for the verb puak, it's in the hippel stem in Hebrew, which signifies causation, which means that when the appointed time comes, it's going to cause your miracle to come alive and to speak. That means it doesn't matter what is going on. When the time comes, something has to happen. And the example that God put in my mind was like an alarm clock. 
When you set your alarm for 6 a.m., some of y'all don't wake up to alarm clocks. You got to set 6 a.m., 6.30, 6.45, 7 o'clock, right? Because it's just hard for y'all to get, can I get any witnesses? It's just hard for y'all to get up. But we're just going to stick to this analogy. You set your alarm clock for 6 a.m. You go to sleep at 12. For some of y'all, when you get older, it doesn't matter. Your body is going to get up. I'm realizing that now. They tell me that, but I never believed it. Young people, you're going to get up when you don't want to. It's going to happen. That's a side note. I'm just a little, you know, annoyed with that, but praise the Lord. So you set the alarm for 6 a.m. It doesn't matter whether you're in realm sleep drooling. When that alarm sounds, you're going to get up. Everything's going to be shaken, and you're going to have to react and start moving. The reason why I'm saying that is because when the alarm sounds for the appointed time, when God speaks to the miracle in your life, your life is going to be shaken. Things around you that seem like they're not working, they're going to start to shift in your favor because the miracle is ready to come out. Are you encouraged this morning? We may not know the time, but the time is in the creator's hands. And we just have to have faith that God knows what he's doing. Amen? Praise the Lord. So the second reason why God gives us the same prophetic word over and over again is because some of us have stepped out of position. So God sends this word to remind us of who we are and whose we are. That you are the daughter of a king and that you're the son of the king. That you're not a failure. You're not a loser. You're successful and you're a winner. Amen? And some of us stop seeing ourselves the way that God sees us. Some of us see ourselves as broke and God sees us as an entrepreneur. Some of us, you see yourself as struggling in your profession and your studies, and God sees you graduating with honors and working successfully in your career. You see yourself in an apartment, God sees you in a mansion. You see $5 in your bank account, and God sees you as a millionaire. We need to change our perspective. When God was speaking to Isaiah and Malachi over hundreds of years ago, he didn't just see a barren old woman, Elizabeth, and an old age man, Zachariah, or a virgin Mary. He saw a mother and a father. Amen? And he knew that no matter what barrier stood before them, these births were going to come to pass. So God is not intimidated by the things that are blocking you. He's not intimidated by it. He's a God that's able to move every mountain that stands before you. Amen? And the third reason is that maybe God is speaking this over and over again is because he wants us to start preparing and acting like the blessing is already here. And that for some of us, we only see the seed of our miracle as small, and God sees it as a full-grown miracle. In the book of um, Zechariah 4, verse 10, it says, Do not despise the days of small beginnings. And the rest of the verse says, The Lord rejoices to see the work begin. God re rejoices in this miracle. He wants you to be happy. We're in this third week of Advent, and it is themed joy. God wants us to have joy. He didn't set us on this earth to be miserable, day to day just to be depressed. But in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of what? And at his right hands are forevermore. How do we get these pleasures? In his presence. And some of us are miserable because we're not spending enough time in his presence. And the angel told Zechariah, you may have been depressed. This prayer may have not happened the way you wanted it to. 
But in Luke chapter 1, verse 14, it says, John will be a joy and a delight to you. This miracle is not going to bring you sorrow. So if you're in something right now and it's bringing you sorrow, maybe it's not from God. Because God's blessings, he adds no sorrow to it. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. So tell your neighbor, prepare yourself for the miracle. All right, I think they're about done. So I'm going to give them just one more minute. Can you check to see if they're done? Give me the thumbs up. Thank you, Fred. So the next slide, we're gonna, I'm going to give a brief definition of what a miracle is. A miracle is a surprising and welcome event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws and therefore considered to be a work of a divine agency, a surprising event. How many of y'all like surprises? I'm here to encourage you that God is getting ready to throw you a surprise party. Amen. And it's a welcome event, literally meaning that we have to welcome the miracle to come. So we open up our hands. Just, just say this prayer with me. Say, God, I welcome the miracles you have for me. And I'm excited for the surprises you have for me. Amen. Miracles are from a divine agency, which means that it may not come the way we think it's going to come, may not look like the way we think it's supposed to look like, because God is the one that's going to do it. Amen? And if we understand how it's going to happen, then it's not a miracle. It's natural. But we serve a God that's supernatural. And this miracle that he has inside of you is not an ordinary miracle, but it's an extraordinary thing. Amen? Praise God. So now we're going to talk about the, the acronym PUSH. So P, next slide please. Read it with me. P is pay attention. You. S. And H. Amen. So. Bishop knows me. So this sermon is like 22 pages, right? So this is like a whole sermon series. So we're going to stay in P for push. That's why I said we're going to be here till Christmas. Y'all, it's okay. It's allowed. It's okay. Don't worry. So we're going to stay in the bulk of the rest of the sermon in P. Prepare for the miracle. Can you tell your neighbor, are you ready to push? They can come out now. Are you ready to push? Let's have Richard come out first, then Obed, then Tommy, and then Denver. It's good, y'all. Tell your neighbor, are you ready to push? <laughs> Praise the Lord for brothers in Christ. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Are you ready to push? <laughs> You know when you're pregnant, some pregnant women, they don't want to do their hair, so they always got a headscarf. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, are you ready to push?
then we just got one more. Y'all look tired carrying them balloons. <laughs> one more time, tell your neighbor, are you ready to push? Praise the Lord. I told y'all we were going to have fun today. Oh, my gosh, my cheekbones are hurting. Praise the Lord. Amen. So Denver represents the first trimester. Tomi represents the second trimester. Obed represents the third trimester. And Richard represents labor. So the reason why I have them out here is that we're going to compare the waiting process that you and I are in to the way that a woman is, uh, the process of pregnancy. Amen? So P, pay attention to what trimester that you are in and what season that you're in because there's a specific time for you. So don't compare your time to someone else's. It's a personal relationship. Amen? So in the first trimester with Denver, a woman first finds out that she's pregnant, but sometimes she doesn't realize that she's pregnant till five or six weeks along. And for a lot of us, we don't even realize what we're carrying inside of us because we're too distracted in what God is not doing. But we have to understand that it's in seed form. It may not look like that, but there's something growing in you. Amen? When God spoke to Eve in Genesis chapter 3, he said, your seed would crush his head. He didn't say your full-grown son will crush his head. He said your seed. That means the seed that is inside of you is able to crush Goliaths, is able to tear down strongholds over nations. We have to change our perception of the miracle that is inside of us because we're thinking too small when God is seeing something that's great and extraordinary. Amen? And for the first couple of weeks, a pregnant woman, she doesn't feel any movement in her belly, right? Because the baby is not fully formed. And for some of us, we feel like God is not doing anything at all. Like he gave us a word, but we can't see it. We can't feel it. And it seems like everybody else is moving forward and theirs is growing, but ours is still tiny. And the Lord is saying, hold on to hope. Don't give up. And also in this trimester is where we experience, a woman experiences mood swings. So on Sunday, like today, God, thank you. I thank you for that other, the, like the same prophetic word that you gave me, right? We're trying not to be petty in his presence. Thank you for the same prophetic word that you've given me. I bless you. And then Monday comes. And then Tuesday comes. And then Wednesday comes. We're like, God, you said you were going to bless me. Now, now it's Wednesday. Where's the miracle? Mood swings. One day we're happy. One day we're sad. One day we're joyful. One day we're depressed. But our faith shouldn't be based on our feelings. We worship him because he's good. And we worship him in spite of how we feel. Amen? And I don't believe in fake it until you make it. I believe in faith it until you make it. Amen. Continue to exercise your faith because it's not fake. I'm putting work into this. I'm trusting in God. I'm praying. I'm seeking his face. That's not fake. That's faith in it. Amen? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So even though it seems like it's small, tell your neighbor, Wait, it's growing. You may not see it, but it's working. Amen. So in the second trimester is where a woman begins to gain weight and she can feel it. 
and she begins to wobble because she gains like 14 to 20 pounds. Stand up and wobble for the people. Wobble. <laughs> she gets bigger. You see, it's kind of hard because you're carrying more weight. Wobble. Like, So in this stage, how do we gain weight? We gain spiritual muscles. And how does this happen? By us feeding ourselves with the word of God. We speak back the prophecies that God has given us. We become stronger. We're fasting, we're praying, we're serving in ministry. And how else does God grow the seed inside of us? By testing our faith. When we pass the test, that no, we'll know that we've grown, right? The word of God says in Psalms 105 verse 19, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. God will permit us to go through different trials and tribulations in order to form our character. Because Joseph started in the pit, and then he started in Potiphar's house, right? And then he was in the prison, and then he became second in command to Pharaoh. There is a process to this. Amen. And the reason why God is trying to form our characters is because we're too easily offended. They're rejecting me, Jesus. They're talking about me, Jesus. Well, they rejected Jesus too, to his face and behind his back. Amen? And he carried that weight for you so that you don't have to carry the entire thing. He wants us to grow. He wants to heal our hearts from unforgiveness and take out the anger and the lust and the jealousy and the pride. And he has to get our characters in check because when we get to this point of labor, if we don't check it here, we will destroy the miracle. Amen? I know sometimes that seems harsh, but God has to work on us so we're good stewards for what he wants to give us. Because sometimes we're not ready for exactly what he has for us. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. And the reason why, another reason why the Lord wants to tweak our character is so that we're able to resist the devil. Because the devil will try to make you give up on the miracle. You see, the devil is scared of you. He's scared of you. Did you know that? He tries to get you to be scared of him, but he is scared of you. King Herod tried to persuade the wise men in Luke chapter 1, verse 7 to 16 to tell them where Jesus was so he could come and worship him, worship Jesus. But that was a lie. He wanted to destroy Jesus before Mary and Joseph could even enjoy the miracle. And that's what the devil tries to do to you here. He lies to you because he's trying to destroy you before you can even enjoy what God has for you. Amen. I'm moving along, y'all. So third trimester is Obed. This trimester, a woman gets stretch marks. <laughs> and these stretch marks are a physical manifestation that something is growing on the inside of you. And it's changing how you look. And our stretch marks are lessons we learned along the way while we're waiting on God because he's stretching our character. We're a little more seasoned in the stage. We're walking more confidently. We're trusting in God. Our stretch marks are our scars and battle wounds we've endured because we're fighting a good fight of faith. And it has not been easy. People have walked away. They lied on you. Everyone at your job turned against you. Your marriage may not be working. And things are not working out as planned. But yet you're trusting God to stretch you. 
because he's expanding your thought patterns to be more like him because his ways are greater and his thoughts are higher. And because we're being stretched and we're allowing God and we're gaining more weight spiritually, where our attitudes are changing and we're loving people better. We're loving ourselves better. Love the Lord, your God. Then you love yourself. And as you love yourself, you'll love others. So we're loving ourselves better and we're loving other people better as well. And also in this trimester, a baby starts to look like a baby. So as we continue to hold on to hope, confirmations will come. God will open doors for us. We'll see things starting to happen, and our miracle will get bigger inside of us. And this is God's way of showing you that he has not left you. And another thing that we have to look out for in this third trimester is Braxton Hicks, which is also called false labor, false alarms. It may seem like you're ready for this stage and that you're ready for labor. And so when we start feeling even more pain, you ever realize when you're really trying to walk with God and you're really trying to do everything right, pain comes, persecution comes, tribulation comes, and what is it going to try to make you do? False alarms. You're going to try to push because you're feeling the contractions. So you're going to try to push, and God's like, not yet. I'm not ready for you. It's not ready yet. It's not fully formed yet. I'm still shaping you. And it's hard to endure this sort of pain. And God is saying, I am with you. And for some of us, it gets frustrating because it's like we can taste it. You see how close they are? Some of us, it's like you can taste and see the miracle right before you. And the Lord's like, not yet. There's still things I need to teach you in this trimester. It's not easy, but it's worth it. Amen? And when the pain gets hard, we begin to lose hope. And then the vision and the dream and the miracle gets a little fuzzy. And then we hear a voice in the back of our head that says, did God really say he was going to bless you? That's the voice of compromise and discouragement from the enemy. But we must stand in faith. Amen? And also, sometimes when the enemy comes to us, I'm almost done, he'll try to make us sit on the miracle instead of standing in faith. What does sitting on the miracle mean? We stop praying. We stop seeking God. We just lost hope. We're sitting on it. God, it ain't growing, it ain't moving, I don't see it. And the Lord's like, no, something is working on your behalf. Psalms 121 says, the Lord neither sleeps nor slumbers. While we're resting and trying to get our eight hours in, God is working on our behalf. Amen? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. And the last stage is labor and delivery. And this is the stage we all love because it's time to what? One more time like you mean. It's time to what? And oftentimes, when we're at the brink of our breakthrough, look, act like you're pushing. <laughs> oftentimes, when we're at the brink of our breakthrough, distraction comes. And we start looking back at this person. Well, how come they look like they're moving faster than us? 
How come they look like God is blessing them because they're not carrying as much weight as we are? They're still in the beginning stages. And the devil will try to make us look at other people instead of looking to God. How come God has me sitting down and waiting? Why? Have you ever seen a woman in labor stand up and give labor? Most of them, what do they do? They sit down, they lie down to push. And for some of us, the reason why God has us sitting down is because it's time to. We think he's moving slow, but he's saying it's time to. Thank you, Jesus. So don't grow weary when you're in this stage. Because God is here to give you strength. And pushing does not feel good. It hurts. It hurts a lot. I've never given birth to a baby, but I just heard Sabrina say, mm, because she has two. Sister Delia says, yes, mm, because it hurts. Bracton Hicks was the false contractions. This is when the real contractions comes, and I heard it's way more painful. So when you thought you were in the clear from this stage, just wait for the pain that's waiting for you. But blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. God does not leave us in the midst of our pain. Amen? But it hurts, Lord. Keep pushing. They're talking about me, God. Keep pushing. My boss is coming for me. Keep pushing. My coworkers are lying on me. The enemies tell me to give up. They won't give me the law. No one's ever done this before. God is, this is too much. Keep pushing. Because he pushed it for us already on the cross. And all we're doing is carrying the weight that he has given us grace to carry. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God, do you know, I'm done now. You know that God is your biggest cheerleader? He is your biggest coach. And along every trimester, can everyone please stand up? God is here, not the, not the pregnant people. God is here, and he's saying, you can do it. You can do it, Denver. You can push this thing out. And then when you get to the second trimester, he's like, you can do it. Come on, come on. I'm believing in you. I'm believing in you. God is cheering you every step of the way. I know they're hurting you. I know they're lying on you. I know they're talking about you, but you can do this. You can push it. I've sent the Holy Spirit as a comforter and a counselor. Do y'all believe it this morning? I, you're here. It's time to push. Come on. I know it's painful. I know it's painful, but I've given you a sedative, and his name is the Holy Spirit, who is a comforter and a counselor, who is here to touch you and give you peace. Can we all just lift up our hands? Pregnant trimesters, second trimester, can we go play for us? Thank you, Jesus. Can we put our hands together for our brothers in Christ?